For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 90 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Richard Halls Coleman Burkhart. And I'm your host, William Durwood Witten III. And this week we have a special guest. He's been on before, but that don't matter. He's chilling on his couch. I can see him on, his video, on the video. Sitting next to my sister with their dog in between them. He's flexing for you guys right now. You can't see it, but I can. The Daryl Dixon of the Blue Harvest universe. The Boomhauer of the Star Wars universe. The illustrious home chef who created the culinary masterpiece known as the Bologna Big Mac. Soon, most importantly, soon to be a Jedi Master to a young Jedi Padawan. Will it be a Luke? Will it be a Leia? We don't know yet, but by God, is that kid going to get some Star Wars stuff? It's my good buddy and your good buddy, Joseph Steel Payne, otherwise known as Goose. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, so good to have you on. You know, I don't know how I've so never good. thought about this, Goose, but when I said your middle name, you and Steel have, you share a name. Yeah, because it's it's uh it's, it's a very cool name. Yeah. My buddy Steel Saunders and Steel Payne. Yeah, I think he spells his the same way too. Like we got the E S-T- on the end. Yep, yep. You guys even spell it the exact same. E E L E. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. A fa- old old family name of mine. Did like uh is like there, Halls is is yeah. uh is there any chance that that old family of yours lived in Australia at some point? Oh. Well, that was like uh, the steel side came like was my great 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 grandfather, three greats, right? Two or three greats. It was uh, my grandfather's father's father. So whatever that is, his, his name was Newton Steel. He was uh, it was old time, a long time ago. Newton. They, that's when you know that's an old, old, old family member when they got names like Newton. Yeah, plus, I mean, you know, rednecks. I mean, you know, <laughs> country bumpkins. I mean, it's straight from the country. Our listeners will have to excuse me. I'm still battling this cold. 
I think it's on its way out, but it's still sort of kicking my ass, so you might hear me uh, dying occasionally during the show. So before we get into this week's Star Wars news, and we got some cool stuff. That's right, you know what time it is. Will's oh, favorite boy. time. Will gets oh, to this boy. point, and after this, he's like, I might as well check out. This isn't even foreplay. It's the business. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And you can buy our stuff, shirts and whatnot, at tpublic.com slash user slash a Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are so excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Networks, along with such amazing podcasts as, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Whew. You know what? I didn't stumble on Steel Wars this week. No, because you already got steel out your mouth. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's a little foul. So, uh, Don't I was make just it creepy. I was just looking. Um, <laughs> Goose, we haven't had you on the show since August. August of last year? Yeah. No, August of this year. Because you know we got that, that whole coming. flux capacity that. thing, capacitor I, I, thing well, going. On. I, I was just checking. I was just checking. So uh, there's one thing we haven't gotten to talk about with you, buddy. What'd you think of Rogue One? Um, I liked. I liked it. Uh, to be honest, I really did like it. Was it? There was a big debate, you know, on uh, people saying. Oh, is it going to be better or is it going to be just mediocre or compared to The Force Awakens? Force Awakens to me blew Rogue One out of the water like it was too tall of a uh, shoe to feel. I mean, it was just too too much of a movie. Um, but I did watch it. Had I, have I seen it that many times? No, I just watched it open at night, unfortunately. Uh, and I'll catch it and I'll continue to watch it like I do the rest of them. Uh, on the other hand, like Force Awakens, I saw in the movies five times, six nice. times. So, well, um, I am I am in agreement with you there, buddy. I personally enjoy Force Awakens more than Rogue One. That's not taking anything away from Rogue One, but just compare. No, 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 it's not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not going to take <laughs> anything away from it because it was done well. Uh, I do want to say one thing. Y'all know my favorite character is Darth Vader, and I just want y'all to know that he did swing nuts. Y'all got to see it. It was awesome. I know. That was that's that's really what I wanted to talk to you about since I know you're such a big uh, fan of um of Darth Vader. What um you you love that. You had to love that, right? Yeah. Like I mean, as I actually heard I I don't know. I don't know where I remember where I heard it from. I may have heard it from you about something about uh, Darth Vader standing in the background and you hear the lightsaber and, and see the lightsaber ignite. Uh, I think me and you had a conversation about that like a couple of days actually before the movie came out. And I just kind of kind of forgot about it really. 
And when I saw it, I was like, Whoa, this guy and these motherfuckers didn't know what was about to happen to them. They, they did not know. Yeah. They had no clue what was coming. Uh, and that would just show just raw power. Uh, that's the reason I said, I've always said like a Darth Vader movie, they need to have a Darth Vader movie, especially before, uh, Mr. Jones passes. And, uh, we can't have his voice. Right. So right. if they have a movie like that, like it's going to have to be him. I say five years or so after episode three, five, maybe six years, something like that. When he's like, has to be in his absolute prime. Right. And I want to see him, you know, get beat up. I'm not going to lie. I want to see him like take damage. Cause you know, he, he, he's not impervious. Nobody is. So he has to take some damage. I mean, you see Boba Fett, Boba Fett's a badass. He has like war wounds and war scars all over his face and helmet. Well, not his face, his helmet and his uh, and his armor and stuff. Like, but he's not so, the chosen one. Who who in the galaxy could do Darth Vader serious damage? Some like if like um. So there is a really good. I personally thought it was a really good comic. It came out. It was a one shot, and it came out sometime after Episode Three, and it was. I want to say it might have been called Darth Vader Purge. It was a Dark Horse comic. And it was just a single story about Darth Vader finding this group of Jedi that were in hiding and taking them out. You know, like four or five Jedi. And some of them, I mean, it's four, you know, four or five Jedi versus one Dark Lord of the Sith. Clearly, he wins. He kills them all. But they get some damage in on him. I mean, that would make sense. Like, no, he is the chosen one, real. You're right. But... He has to take some type of damage. He can't just go in there and deflect everything, you know, move everybody uh, before they even get to him. No, I say, like, he go- he's going to get some damage done to him. I mean, he's going to have to. And I would like to see that just to see how he rebound- re- rebounds uh, and comes back and just kicks more ass. A little time in the back to tank, little upgraded armor and limbs. Right. Now, yeah. uh, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, being able to watch Rogue One at home. We have a release date for Rogue One. Uh, March 24th on digital, April 4th on Blu-ray. So a similar so, rollout to how they did with The Force Awakens. Is, is that going to mess with your Andromeda? Um. Well, you know, when Mass Effect Andromeda comes out, it's not like I can block off a week where I can't work to play it as much as I want to. But, uh, so while I'm working, there will be plenty of time to watch Rogue One. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to try and resist buying it digitally and then on Blu-ray a couple of weeks later. I did not succeed in resisting that for The Force Awakens. So I can't say with any certainty that I'll be able to with this, but I'm going to try. Is there any benefits for buying it? Like two different ways like that? I mean, there is. Like, no matter, like, you know, I've got really good internet here. And no matter your internet connection, if you're streaming a movie, which is what happens, if like you buy it from Amazon, you're still streaming it. It doesn't download it to your Xbox or whatever you're watching it on. You're never going to get the quality you're going to get off of Blu-ray. Yeah. But there is the benefit of, 
I don't have to get my lazy ass off the couch to go put a Blu-ray in. <laughs> I can just go to my Amazon app and play The Force Awakens. I have The Force Awakens digitally and on Blu-ray. And to be honest, I've probably watched it digitally more often for that very reason. Because if I'm and if looking... if you have it digitally, you can put it on a device, right? Let's like say you're taking a flight, you can put it on your iPhone. Right, right. I mean, with, uh, you know, depending on where you buy it from and stuff, you have other, you can definitely watch it on your phone and you have other options and stuff like that. So uh, I just, do I need to buy it twice? No. Will I? Maybe. You're like, Lucasfilm, take my money. Yeah, yeah. They know how to get me that Lucasfilm. Hashtag follow the money. It's going to Star Wars. It's yeah. going to Star Wars. So, um, interesting, uh, some interesting tidbits. It looks like there's going to be quite a few features, like featurettes, one about each character and things like that on the Blu-ray. No deleted scenes, it appears. What? Yep, no deleted scenes. Now, this could be for two reasons. It could be that we'll get a like a deluxe box set towards the holiday time like we did with The Force Awakens. But I honestly think even if they did that, maybe that wouldn't have any deleted scenes because of the reshoots that went on with that movie. Well, I would like to see... I mean, even if they do reshoots, you can they still have the deleted footage, right? Right. It's not like they throw it away. I just don't think they want to... Like, let's say they, they give us uh, the different death for Cassian and Jen because we know originally they died differently, right? I mean, let's they say can they, milk that cow. I mean, like, they can, and I, there's no saying they won't. I'm just saying they may not want <coughs> to put that stuff out there for the comparison where people would be like, well, Cassian's original death was better than the one in the movie or something like that. I don't. I can't see them not taking it on the chin in a forum and laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, that's true, and it was. it's interesting because... Last year with The Force Awakens, the first release had deleted scenes, but it had no commentary. And then when the deluxe box set came out in like, I guess it was like November, it came with the 3D version of the movie. It had a couple of extra deleted scenes and it had the J.J. Abrams commentary. So I didn't see a commentary listed for Rogue One. Maybe it is. Uh, and I just didn't see it. But... That's something I would I would kind of prefer they stop doing is splitting it up like that. They just need to have one deleted scene on there, the uh, the Tie Fighter coming up to look at Jen. Right. That's that's the only deleted scene they need just to give it validation because everybody's like butt hurt because it wasn't in the movie. I mean, I want to see all those scenes that were in the trailer that didn't yeah. end up in the movie. I want to see all the Krennic Invader stuff that cut I, that got. I cut. want it cut in. Like I want. <laughs> I want to be able to watch the movie with all that stuff stuck in where it should go. And oh, you're talking about like a Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. Like director's, extended... director's cut. Extended. This is the thing. That I'll tell you right now. 47. While I would watch it, I would I would love to watch it. I don't want them to do a director's cut because of a couple of things. Number one, I don't want them to do a director's cut because that makes the canon of it all too murky to me. What's canon? Is the original cut of the ver movie the director's cut or is the or is the director's cut canon you see what i'm saying there you go and i i think 
at the end of the day, it's the same way that DC does their director's cuts of the movies and everybody's like, oh, it's so much better. I don't care. Like, that doesn't count to me. The movie you put out in the theaters should be what's considered the actual movie. Yes. Um, but that's just my I concur. opinion. Now, does that mean I don't want to see the deleted scenes? Absolutely not. I want to see them. I want to see anything they can can show me that I haven't seen before. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see if there is sort of a second release. If we, they double dip us, if that stuff will be on there. Um, and hold on one second. Old fashioned. So uh, next up on the Star Wars news agenda... Yeah, I believe you two guys know how excited I am about a certain Star Wars celebration coming up in like 48 yep. days. Oh, yeah. And uh, super dope. Oh, super dope is definitely one way to describe it. I, um, I can't wait. I've been making plans, strategizing. Well, this week they announced the opening panel for celebration. Now... Originally, it was sort of assumed and thought that that would be the Last Jedi panel. Well, last week we find out that, no, that's going to be on Friday instead of Thursday the first day. And it turns out the first panel that opens Celebration on Thursday is going to be the 40th anniversary panel. You called that last week. I did call that. I mean, an easy call. Let's not fuck around like it's the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. Uh, hosted by, or, you know, including Kathleen Kennedy, and they said many surprise guests. And I'm shooting for the moon here, guys. When I say the two surprise, like, obviously, Mark Hamill would be, will be there because he's going to be Mark at Hamill, Celebration. Yeah. I'm sure Peter Mayhew will be there. Anthony Daniels will be there. I'm yeah. calling it now. I would love to see Harrison Ford. Oh, my goodness. I hope he's there. If he's not too busy making close calls on the airport runway. Hire him a plane. Don't let him fly to Orlando. Yeah, please don't let him fly there. Halls don't run up and touch him. Just don't do that. I can't. I can make no promises. I can make no promises. Like, can I touch your scar? On your chin? <laughs> with my lips. Ooh. Uh, oh. And, uh, like I said, uh, who knows how likely any of these. I would love, I don't know that it would happen, but I would love, love, love if the beard himself, George Lucas, is there. And I bet you there's going to be like a big thing for uh, Miss Carrie Fisher also. Oh, oh the tribute. Absolutely. Is gonna be- absolutely. Gonna be a le- and, and, I, and, and it's going to probably be during that 40th year or so. Uh, reunion thing just because she uh, can't be well, there ob- well obvious reasons uh, <laughs> right she's in the the OG so do you yeah. really think George would come to celebration I don't know I don't know how the George and Disney relationship really is like how he's feeling about it I think he's got some real feelings with the fan base maybe it, the thing is is you know Gareth Edwards had him on set for Rogue One and also, George Lucas, while he was visiting the set, apparently really liked the helmet for the tank trooper in Rogue yeah. One, and that's why that helmet ended up in the movie. So that's you know, awesome. He's ha- he has contact with Disney Star Wars still, and if you're gonna have George Lucas show up to a celebration, 
what better one to have him show up for than the 40th anniversary? Yeah. I feel real bad, you know, because Uncle George is the creator. You know, he's where it all came from. And the fact that he has bad feelings about it, like, makes me feel bad. You know, like, you know, I honestly don't know how bad his feelings are about it. He made four billion dollars. You know what I mean? He... Yeah, but money. I mean, I, I know this. I mean, maybe I just feel this way because I don't have any money. <laughs> but you know, money is money. Like it, it can't. And oh, I know. Ever... I know it's not like the cure all. I'm just saying, like, I know he had some sort of not even mean or or rude or anything like that. He had some comments about the force awakens where some people would interpret it. And maybe it it was true that he didn't really dig it. Um, but like I said, since then he definitely had, um, contact with them and whatnot. So, um, (laughs) gooses, gooses making air traffic controller, signs at me and I can't concentrate. Hold on, we'll be right back. There's going to be a couple of breaks. Okay, Amanda, Amanda's probably trying to steal your idea because she's turning the dirty 30 tomorrow. Yeah, that's she right. She to be a little younger. And we should, uh, everybody give, uh, Amanda's not on Twitter, but everybody at Goose on, on February 25th, the day this episode comes out, and wish my sister a happy birthday through Goose. Let, let the moisture farmer, let the moisture farmer's voice be heard. Stand and deliver! Man, the the thing about Amanda turning 30 is just how much older that makes me feel. Oh, I know. Oh, man. I remember when we were in college and I thought she didn't like me. You know, I, that... I, met, her, I met her in college and I don't think she liked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah. Would George turn up? I don't know. You know. Who knows? Who knows? But I sure would dig it. I sure would dig it. We, um, it, well, it, well, I'll leave it at this. We dig us some George. <coughs> yes, sir. I mean, yes, credit, sir. Where credit is due, we love him like a father. Faster, more intense. <laughs> Faster, huh? more intense. That was a pretty good uh, George Lucas there, <laughs> Goose Buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. So speaking of, um. Speaking of A New Hope and the 40th anniversary of so, I don't know if you guys have heard this rumor. This is a rumor that seems to pop up every now and then, but now it has what I consider to be credible backing behind it. And it looks like something that people have been wanting for quite a long time might finally be happening. And... uh I'll be interested to hear. I know. I know what Will's reaction is going to be. I'll be interested to hear Goose's. We may actually have three different opinions on this, but according to Jason Ward over at MakingStarWars.net, it's looking very likely that the original, unaltered versions of the original trilogy will be released on Blu-ray sometime this year for the 40th anniversary. Are you kidding me? Look, like I said, this rumor pops up, has popped up multiple times a year ever since Disney bought Star Wars. And every time Jason shoots it down and 
and rebukes the rumor. He rebukes, get, be- get behind me, rumor. Get behind me. <laughs> I mean, However, I... now he is saying he's heard from multiple sources that it's coming. So I... what better place to announce that than the 40th anniversary panel that come opens out, up out. Celebration. I'd be incredibly stoked. Like, I would love that. Where Han shoots first again, like, and there's no Jabba, and... Mm, I love that Jabba scene. Oh, dude. You it's are old It's painful to watch that Han Solo walk behind that Jabba. That's a, yes. that's a half of a second part of an awesome scene. But like I said, dude, like, I, you know, you and I, I always have this opinion where, like, the bad CGI... And not even bad. I know it's dated. Like it's it, you know you can't help it. It's the evolution of CGI. So but then it was good. Then it was yeah, good. Then it was great. But it takes me out of it. Like it takes me mm. in those few seconds. It takes me out of it, and I have you to get back into it. Live like, in a world of imagination, my friend. It's Jabba. Just chill. I know. But yeah, I mean he's a ten foot or fifteen foot slug. I even like the elusiveness of us not even, you know, us hearing about Jabba and not even knowing what he looks like until Return of the Jedi. So, this is uh, obviously, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it for the collection. I'll be completely honest, though. I'm sure I'll watch them a couple of times a piece. But after that, I'm sure when I go to watch the movies, I know for a fact I'll do the special editions. I mean, yeah. And uh, hopefully. See, this this brings into weird canon issues with me. I'm tr- I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm not stoked. I am stoked just for the film history of it all. I'd like to have the original versions in nice Blu-ray quality, as nice as possible. I don't know. There's been no rumors on how much of a remaster this is, is going to be. If they're just going to you know, resupplement the special editions with the original scenes or something. So once I get more technical information on it, because, you know, there was a DVD version released. It was uh, exclusive to maybe Best Buy or Walmart uh, back around when they first came out on DVD. But all it was was a transfer of the Laserdisc version to DVD. So it wasn't even DVD quality back on in DVD. Well, that sucks. Um, I mean... I'm totally psyched, but I read an article like this week that was saying, you know, George Lucas claims that the only viewable versions of the, you know, of the, the trilogy are the special editions. Right. And that makes me wonder, did they, I mean, are they doing this against his wishes? That's another question. Now, this was one of those things that I don't know if it was ever confirmed or if it was just one of those things that got made up in the fray and people assumed it. I I've never known this for sure, but I remember hearing that when, when he um, sold to Disney, one of the sort of stipulations was that they wouldn't release the unaltered versions. Right. And I don't know if that was ever true. I don't know that for sure. I also know that Disney doesn't own a new hope. Fox owns a new hope in particular perpetuity meaning that for the rest of time unless fox sells the rights they own a new hope which won't ever happen unless they get desperate right and And won't ever really happen from the looks of it ever so keeping that in mind you know of course they're gonna work with disney especially 
Because that's going to make Disney and Fox money. Yeah. That's to have, printing money. To have the unaltered original versions out. So, you know, I can't see why they would be opposed to it. Everybody likes money. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I would like to see some of the documentary stuff that wasn't included on the Blu-ray set uh, included on this set, like Empire... Uh, or uh, Empire of Dreams, the documentary that was on the DVD set. I was going to say, get... is that the amazing documentary that goes through all three of them and George yeah. Lucas's life and stuff? Yeah, and and also there was uh, uh, that's a killer documentary from Star Wars to Jedi: The Making of an Empire. I think is what it's called. It's really good. So I would the I'd really like to see him go all out with the special special features and give us some stuff that wasn't available before to justify what I'm sure is going to be, you know, $50, $60 Blu-ray box set. Not that it's not justified just getting the unaltered versions. Um, now, what I think they should do, I wish, and I don't know how complicated or how even likely this would be, I wish they had a way, when you pop your Blu-ray in for each movie, you can pick which special edition changes you'd like to keep and which ones you'd like to not be in there. So you could make your own special edition, almost. So, like, for A New Hope, um, you know, if you don't like Han shooting second, you can have the alternate scene. But you could keep the Jabba scene if you wanted. If, right. Uh, or if the only change you want is the uh, redone X-Wings in the Battle of Yavin at the end, then you can keep that and have everything else unaltered. Right. I'm telling you right now, the only one that I, 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 and you know, I know I'm a, uh, you know, fairly alone in this. The only two special edition changes that I'm not a huge fan of, to the fact where I'd say I don't like them, are in Return of the Jedi. Which ones are they? I don't like uh, Jedi Rocks. I don't like the new song in Jabba's Palace. I like the other one better. The original. And uh, I don't like the exclusion of Yub Nub at the end. Like, I, I dig uh, the Ewok song at the end of the original Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, I probably keep you like, you, like, hmm? you, like seeing, you like seeing Anakin? I mean, honestly, that one doesn't well, bother me in a... Christensen. Yeah, it doesn't bother me in, in a post-Revenge of the Sith world like to me it i like when it tied like i understand why people don't like it and it, it really it's, tied the room together man. that's what it was it was the rug from the big lebowski it's like you know the <laughs> the only real tie-ins to the prequels and this is just the nature of them being made is you know the mention of the clone wars the mention of the backstory between obi-wan and anakin and then in the special edition adding anakin uh, hayden as anakin at the end and then in the celebration, I dig the celebration scenes at the end of Jedi that they added on Coruscant like and Naboo and all that. So it's been so long since I've watched the unaltered versions that I'll be interested to see how they feel, considering that's what I grew up with. I agree with yeah. you on the Java's Palace rocks the that song. Yeah. That's it. Again, it takes me out of it. It. I don't know, man. I, I like Lapty Neck. Quite a bit. That was the original. Do 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 do. Well, that's not even. That's not even. Like I know what you're talking about, and it wasn't very long. 
No, like, no. It was right back into, you know, Return of the Jedi, right back into the rest of the movie. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see if it does indeed come to pass. I'm sure there will be lots of stoked people. Get your Amazon pre-orders ready or whatever you're going to do. Um, all right. And lastly, this week, we have some pretty big Han Solo news. And that was that they announced, they sort of did a formal announcement of the start of filming, even though filming had been going on for a couple of weeks already, I believe, of uh, the untitled Han Solo Star Wars story, which is what they call it in the press release. So um, while they may have a title in mind, uh, right now they're not releasing it or saying what it is. And uh, along with the... um, press release they also uh, put out a cast photo which is pretty great nobody in costume or anything but it's got the what i'm assuming is the principal cast of the movie alden ehrenreich as han solo donald glover as lando um junis sutamo as chewie who was chewie in the force awakens when peter mayhew couldn't do this anything because of his knees Uh, apparently he is officially taking over as Chewie in this movie. And he put out a really nice statement about it that really, you know, that's one of those things that it could go either, you know, people could be like, what the fuck? It's not Peter Mayhew. But you also have to understand that he's an older guy. He's got uh, mobility issues. He can't be in that walking carpet costume for 12 hours a day being Chewie and running around. So, yeah. At, the, at what point in the Force Awakens did uh he change? Did Peter Mayhew get out of it? Um, you know, it's interspersed. Anytime you see Chewie running around or in action sequence, that's definitely the other guy. Um I would assume that when Chewie for a few instances, at the end when Chewie's in the Falcon with Ray and he like yeah. and they're heading off to Octu to meet Luke, I believe that's Peter Mayhew. When Chewie gets hurt and Finn is working on him in like the the med bay of the Millennium Falcon or whatever, I believe yeah. that's Peter Mayhew. So basically, you know, any sitting scenes and stuff like that, it's Peter Mayhew. Well, that that's going to be something to see if he's going to take over the costume because most of the time I, I thought Chewie was great in The Force Awakens, uh, as many people did, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, but the the things that I saw was you know him sitting there you know flirting with the nurse messing with Finn, uh, you know and stuff like that. So I want to see how the, and he brought Chewie to life. I mean that's probably one of the best Chewies, I've I mean I've ever seen. I so. think yeah I, I think I think that che- was mostly, I mean not, I don't know mostly but he was written very well. Yes. You know Chewie's part was not tacked on it was sewn in if that makes any sense chewy and the force awakens is my favorite chewbacca my favorite chewbacca in all the movies is in the force awakens um so that being said you know it was a matter of time chewbacca is one of those characters because he's a big furry dharma dharma dog that speaks you know in growls and barks and stuff you can have Chewie can be in so many movies, you know, and the, you know, it it only makes sense to continue the character on and get someone else that can take care of it. The, the guy who's playing him, uh, went through like 
Chewy training with Peter Mayhew, where Peter Mayhew, you know, sort of showed him like, you know, there because there is a very specific way and sort of is. cadence to the way Chewy walks and like how his arms move and stuff. And so, you know, I think this is a good thing. As far as I understand, Peter Mayhew will be Chewy at least a little bit in episode eight. He actually canceled uh, going to Pensacon last year for filming, which was right around the time they were filming episode eight. So unless he was there in sort of a consultant capacity, I think we'll see him at least a little bit as Chewie in Episode 8. Um, and, and like I said, the guy who's taking it over, I, I'm not sure if it's Junus or Jonas. Um, he was... Is, he's what, Swedish? I don't want to misspeak. Some sort of Scandinavian? I believe so. It's And you said his name is what? Junus Sutamo or it's Jonas? It's Eunice. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not quite sure. He ain't um, from Mississippi. He is not from Mississippi. That is in the Scandinavian land, the J is a Y. And, uh, you know. Where's Oliver? Ask Oliver. Well, you know what? Uh, spoiler alert, I think we're going to be hearing from our Swedish best buddy <laughs> later in the show. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, besides those three, we also have Woody Harrelson looking like he's looking at the world's biggest bong off screen. Super stoked yes. to be in Star Wars. Uh, we have Phoebe Waller-Bridge in the background. And if the rumors that were around before they confirmed her casting are to be believed, she will be playing a motion caption character, capture character of some sort. Um, Is that the lady that's in there? In the back? The dark-haired lady? Does she look kind of like a young Carrie Fisher? Um, I don't know. Let me look at it. I don't know if I would say that necessarily. I know Which she's, one, uh, the one right next to Chewie or the, next to Woody Harrelson? The one next in between Han and Woody. That's Phoebe Waller-Bridge. No, the one next to, in between Han and Chewie is Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. That's Daenerys. Yeah. Um, That's so fine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally, the two other gentlemen are the directors of the movie. Uh, what do you guys think about... I mean... I honestly, my the most stoked I am about this cast is Donald Glover as Lando. Yeah, I'm me too. really excited about that. Uh, I gotta say, Alden Ehrenreich looks pretty cool in this picture. If that's yes. sort of the hairstyle they're going for with him as Han's uh, younger Han Solo, I can totally dig it. Yeah. Um, I got a question for y'all. Okay. Uh, yeah, y'all have brought up in past. Uh, podcast about having big stars and and I, I mean big stars as in um you know nobody knew who a lot of people like uh finn uh not finn um ray uh borrega and uh daisy ridley who they were before star wars what do y'all think about having somebody like woody harrelson in the movie that has is, is beyond established at this point. I mean, who doesn't know who Woody Harrelson is? You know, it's interesting. He, he's, he's not the he's not the biggest star, but I mean, uh, he but is, he's a he he's a list for sure. He, he's well, I mean, a, he, he is a star. Alec Guinness yes. was a list, and I mean, yeah, that's you the, know, so was Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson. Well, you, I would say Liam Neeson was probably there. Ewan McGregor, I would say, was. You know, at that point, what had he done besides Train Spotting? That was that. that Not that Train Spotting wasn't a big movie. I wouldn't young say, Ewan McGregor then. I would say Ewan McGregor's star definitely rose 
during the production of Star Wars and after. You got to think a lot of Ewan McGregor stuff came out during and after the prequels. I I want to say before that, he had only really been in Train Spotting. Had he not been in Moulin Rouge by then? No, Moulin Rouge may have even been after Revenge of the Sith. Really? I'm not sure. Look it up on Wikipedia. You've got one of those smartphone devices. I do. I'm at 2% battery. I got oh, I got to be honest. That's why I was avoiding Luke. But the the girl from Game of Thrones was the one I was talking about. And I and I don't know if I'm just, you know, it's my mind playing tricks or maybe it's cuz Carrie Fisher's gone, but that whole I don't know, she just it would seem interesting if that's going to be a potential love interest for Han Solo. He's got a type almost. He's got a type. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was that See, he's certain, you know, I can see if she sets the trend, I can see His why he fell for Princess Leia. <laughs> 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 type is hot. Muy um, caliente. Yeah. I, and also in the, well, do you talk about what Goose was saying first? It's going to be a little weird because as a kid, I know uh, Alec Guinness was well known before, but the only thing I had ever seen Alec Guinness in was Star Wars. It's not like I'd, I had seen Bridge Over River Kwai or anything True. like that. True that. So to me, if I see him in something, I'm like, oh, that's Obi-Wan. He's in another movie. Weird. Um, yeah. Could, could, it, could it be, could it play off like that? Uh, being Woody Harrelson... And he adapts his role, and now you see him as, you know, such and such, and plays in Star Wars instead of his other movies, like uh, Liam Neeson and uh, Mace Windu, uh, oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Now, see, Samuel rather. L. Jackson is a pretty good example that, of this. Um, every time I see Samuel L. Jackson, I'm either it's snakes on a fucking plane or Mace Windu. So, see, I go either or Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah. Is where I go. yeah I well I actually uh, I'm such a dork I go either Nick Fury or Mace Windu and then somebody will be like well you know Ch- Pulp Fiction I'll be like yeah I know but man, Nick Fury and Mace Windu purple lightsaber and eye patch and um you guys gotta stop fucking flirting with each other through the video feed you guys are 100% Boy, have the technical difficulties been plaguing us this evening. Just had to um, do some finagling. Hopefully, it'll keep working. We'll see. Uh, Before everything messed up, however, we were talking about whether Woody Harrelson would be distracting in it or not. And I brought up uh, Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One and how he wasn't really distracting to me um and you Small also role. i don't know that woody's gonna have a big role either any but you know maybe a little bigger than than saul guerrero but you got to figure han leo lando and chewie are, are sort of the main focuses right yeah kind of an obi-wan role set the hero on his path and right right and especially the rumors about him being sort of a mentor to han solo i could see it being somewhere in that sort of realm now you also have to keep in mind with episode eight the last jedi coming benicio del toro and laura dern are characters in that movie true um granted i don't really know laura dern from anything but jurassic park so right i can't really speak to that but benicio del toro i mean and i don't know if this makes a difference or not but there's a whole generation of people out there what was that oh Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> oh my. 
It's pure fucking chaos tonight. That's that's, <laughs> that's the world. The shit out of me. I thought Blair Witch going on in this bitch. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know if it makes a difference or not, but you know, Woody Harrelson is kind of a scoundrel-like character in the Hunger Games, and there's a whole generation of people that that's all they're going to know Woody Harrelson from. You know, I grew For up sure. with him in Cheers. You know, but there's a whole group of people that that's all they're going to know him from. But And I guess it may help that they're both scoundrel-like characters. Yeah, especially if he's going to be a, a mentor to Han Solo. That's right. interesting. I've never seen those movies, so I can't even really speak to that. But I do know they were popular, and there will definitely be people that associate him with that pretty heavily, you know? Yeah, yeah. Will, Will's right. I've seen them all, and the the type of person that he plays in that uh i can see it reflecting into or and he he did he did a good job i'm not going to sit there and, and say that he he did not and he's a great actor uh he he will bring that into star wars i'm just saying if you know could his uh his name overshadow uh what he does in star wars it's kind of what i was getting at but if he plays something like he did in Hunger Games, he'd be fine. Right. Uh, Will had a good point. That, that, I mean, he was kind of a shady-ass dude. Well, right on. <clears throat> so um, he, he stayed drunk most of the time. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm, yep. Uh, see, I don't even know that because um, I have never seen those. Um, I watch them. Do you think I would actually dig them, or are you just telling me that? Um, I think if, you've if watched you, stuff that you dug less. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, that's that's a good way of pointing it right, putting it right there. If if you watch them, and the fact that you're watching Hunger Games goes out the window, and you just focus in and generally try to watch a movie without knowing the premise of it, you might like it. I mean, I mean but, each movie's basically a dystopian deathmatch. Like it's not like I Yeah, mean, but it's not Couldn't I just watch Battle Royale and get the same thing? <laughs> I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but I mean I I smell what you're stepping in. I mean <clears throat> Well considering we don't know uh how the rest of this recording is gonna go. Do you guys wanna get to some emails and some voice messages? Oh, let's do it. Hell yeah. We got some good stuff this week. And you know, there's only one way that we like to start this section of the podcast. Yeah. And that's with a, a beautiful little ditty by our buddy Steve D. Mundy and his boy G. Money. Yep. Yep. Dig it. Cockhead! Oh. Cockhead! Will oh. win! Cockhead! Oh. Goose paint! Cockhead! 
Probably the clearest I've heard that so far. Oh, really? Yeah. I listen to it every morning when I wake up to get pumped. No, I mean like on the podcast. It can't be really clear. Um. So first up, who do we have this evening? That we actually have a special request this evening. This is from our buddy Justin, who I believe this is the first time writing. He sure is. Halls and Will, longtime listener, first time writer here. First and foremost, thank you for taking the time out of your busy lives to create these podcasts for us to enjoy week by week. I started listening to podcasts about a year ago, shortly before the debut of Rogue One. First, I started with Now This Is Podcasting, then Rogue One, and soon after I found your podcast. Ever since then, I've been a big fan of you guys for both your Star Wars discussions and those sweet, sweet tangents. Not to mention, Mm. the show probably has the most badass motherfucking intro of any podcast I've heard. Which brings me to my point. A while back, I stopped listening to Now This Is Podcasting due to spoilers. I loved the pod, so I decided to go back and listen from the beginning. That way I could still enjoy the the show and also avoid spoilers. I soon got to a point where I heard them reading emails from one Halls Burkhardt on the show. I don't know if I've ever talked about that. Yeah, I wrote into Now This Is Podcasting a couple of times. So it got me thinking, I ought to go back and listen to the 30 or 40 episodes of Blue Harvest that I had missed out on. I'm having a blast going through and listening to old content, but also finding it funny how certain subjects pop up both in old and new episodes. As Uncle George said while making episode one, you know, it's sort of like they rhyme. Hey, Goose, hit us with that sweet, sweet George Lucas impression you do. You know, it's sort of like they rhyme. Let us hear that. Horror. Faster, yeah. Well, that's not. You're supposed to say, you know, they they sort of rhyme. It's it's like it's sort of like they rhyme. That's what you're supposed to say. You know, it's sort of like they rhyme. You know, it's, it's sort of like they rhyme. Well, that's a good one. Prime <laughs> example. Last week, episode 88, I believe, you guys had mentioned those old Stone Cobra ads you guys made for the show. Why? Why? While I had literally. Just listen to episode six of Blue Harvest. I believe that episode contained the very first Stone Cobra ad, and it was incredible. With all due respect, Johnny, with all due respect, Johnny is batshit if he really thinks they were over the top, because they were actually pure genius. So, for those of us who might be new to Blue Harvest, is it possible to bring back the Lightning Dick ad, even if possible, just once, so so that everybody can be enlightened as to how hilarious and well done they were? This past week, there have been a couple of times when I just work, was just at work doing nothing, and all of a sudden, I would just think, I'm so hard! Where's my lady? I'd laugh out loud while everyone around me probably thought I'm a psychopath. Oh, well. Thanks again, fellas. Justin from California. You know what? I like to make our blue harvesters happy. So why don't we, uh, why don't we play those right now for you guys? There's two of them, in fact. So we'll play those oh, both, and we'll be right back. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, man. Dude, what's wrong? I don't know, man. I was listening to the fucking radio today. Stuff on there bumming you out? Yeah, man, it's just a bunch of bullshit. People trying to wear the fanciest hats and bang on wash drums and blow into jugs. It's 
It's lost its heavy, man. It's got me down. I know what you're talking about, man. I've... It's, it's affecting my personal life. Yeah? I, I'm impotent. Oh, dude. The world has made me impotent. I've got something that'll fix you right up. Don't you even worry about it. What are you talking about? Dude, the new stoned cobra. I don't know, man. I don't want to get hooked on some exotic street drug and end up sucking dick for nickels at no no it's nothing like that man nothing like that at all here let me put it on for you what are you talking about it's a it's it's a band stone cobra it's the best thing in the world dude it's gonna rock your shit seems relevant let me just say okay all right Hmm. wait a second oh yeah wait a second that's what i'm talking about hey now I'm so hard! Oh my god, where's my lady? What? I'm shooting lightning out of my dick! Unlimited power! High and Mighty, the album by Stone Cobra. Available now at stonecobra.bandcamp.com five bucks for the most badass shit you've ever heard check it watch out lightning dick is not a typical result of listening to stone cobra however stone cobra cannot be held responsible for any property damage or personal injury caused by lightning dick see a doctor if lightning dick persists for more than four days common side effects of listening to stone cobra may include spontaneous bleeding of the ears eyes and anus headbangers neck High five related wrist injuries, excessive and majestic facial hair growth, erratic metal driving, and smoker's cough. Pause. Hey, buddy. Buddy, buddy. Hey, well. Oh. What's up? Hey, Jesse, what's up? Pause is down in the basement. In the basement. All right. Hey. Hey, Hoss. I'm down here, buddy. All right. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. What you got going on down here? I saw the sparks flying and the lights flashing. I got real excited. Okay, so you know you introduced me to Stoned Cobra? I did, in fact. And you know it gave me lightning dick. How's that lightning dick doing? Excellent. I have honed it and focused it into a solid beam. Are you I've mastered me? the powers of lightning dick. Dude. You mastered the lightning dick. I did. That's incredible. So here's my idea. Yeah? You and I team up and we clean the streets of Birmingham. Dude, I would love to do that, but I I don't have any superpowers or anything like that. (laughs) Ha ha! It's funny that you mentioned that. You see this chamber over here? Yeah, what is that? It looks like a giant light bulb. Exactly. This chamber... Along with these electrodes, you see these electrodes? Yeah. We will attach these to your nips, your dick, and your butthole. Oh. And we will focus the power of Stone Cobra, and we will infuse you with their mystical rock powers. Well, I might get down with that. And it will infuse you with the powers of Lightning Dick. But Lightning Dick is not a typical result of Stone Cobra. Exactly. That's where this chamber comes in. I'm down. Sign me up. Let's do it. Put these electrodes on. (sighs) Hey, man, I'm going to turn around. You handle the the dick piece and the bung piece. 
you're asking a lot here, man. But hey, man, it's worth it. For the powers me. of the lightning, Dick. Okay. So you're in the chamber. Yep. All right, I'm gonna start the stone cobra. Are you yep. ready? Yep. Here we go. How's that doing? Oh, man. That is nice. Right? I'm going to crank it up to 11. That is good. Yes. Go! Uh huh. Uh, What's happening? Oh, my God. High and Mighty, the album by Stone Cobra. Available at stonecobra.com. So fucking badass that it'll blow out your pee hole and your butt hole. Check it. Only five bucks. What the fuck? You got lightsaber dick? All I got was this dumbass lightning dick. Tune in next time for the further adventures of Lightning Dick and Saber Dick. Brought to you by Stone Cobra. www.stonedcobra.com Well, there we go. You wanted it. There's the Stone Cobra commercials. That I gotta be honest, that's the first time I've heard those in forever. In a long, since the last time they aired. And those were a lot of fun to make. They were. They were. Next time you make it to Birmingham, because it's better to do it in person, maybe we'll finish out the trilogy. Mm. We should serialize <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. And next up, we've got an email from our buddy Carl, and I love this topic. And you know what? No. No. Coral. Not that cheese Coral. dick. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Hey, Halsey Halls and Ass Crusher Will. It's your buddy from England. First off, great podcast as always, guys. Just listening to Saturday's pod about Force Ghost, and it got me thinking. If you were Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, would you do what Anakin did by slaving younglings and turning to the dark side to save your lady? Be great to hear your thoughts. Keep up the work. Laters, Carl. So I'll I'll start this one up, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to you guys. The interesting thing about this question is if Anakin didn't turn to the dark side, slay the younglings, and become Darth Vader, then Padme would have never died. Him going to the dark side is what killed Padme. So, I would hope that if given the same thing, I would just trust in the light side of the Force and hope that it would do me well and everything would work out okay. Now, am I saying I would have the wherewithal to uh, deny some creepy old dude that took me to an opera and was like, look, I got a solution to this, but you're going to have to do some fucked up stuff. 
I can't say for sure that I would be able to resist that. If you're talking about Jesse, mm, that's a tough call for me to make. Would I go kill a bunch of kids to save Jesse's life if that's what I thought it would do? I'd like to say no. I'd like to say that I would think, no, I'm going to stick with the light side of the force and it will all work out. This guy's just trying to play me. I would hope that I would see that for what it was. It's tough to say if I really would. Now, Buddy Goose is in a very interesting position because his personal Padme Amidala is currently pregnant with a little Luke Skywalker or Leia Skywalker. So, And Sheev is his man. And Sheev Palpatine and Darth Vader is dudes. Now, this is the thing. I know those are... Um, Goose's favorite characters, but on the other side, also know Goose is a Jedi. In real life, Goose is a Jedi or a Han Solo. Well, yeah, I will say this: this had the story happens in a galaxy far, far away. Right. Uh, you know, I no, I I could not do anything. Uh, I would do anything that I could for me and mine. Right, and, and the other, the, uh, very true. And you know, like, you know Amanda wouldn't want that. Just like I know Jesse wouldn't want me to be, like, going into a school and killing a bunch of Jedi kids just because I think it's uh, yeah, going to save her. Yeah, I mean, that, that that right there, that that's pretty bad. Uh, I, would yeah, I wouldn't kill bad. kids. I but couldn't do that. I'm just saying. I mean, straight up, I couldn't do that. Uh, even even though it meant, it meant, you know, the love of my life and... My little bean that's growing inside of her. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do that, man. Straight up, I couldn't do it. What about you, Will? What do you think? No, I. I mean, I just know myself. I know myself, and I know how much I believe in the righteousness of what is right. You know, like I couldn't do it. The kids part is the part that would definitely, I would be like, yeah, I can't do that part. But maybe all the other Jedi. Would I kill all the other Jedi to save Jesse? I'd like to say, oh, like I said. fuck yeah. Like I said. I'm going to straight up, like, y'all want to fight? Like, I mean, if it's mano, like, if it's man to man or uh, Jedi dickhead, to Jedi. Dickhead to Sith, yeah. Uh, She's like, gonna, you got to wipe the chessboard and I'll save your lady. Goose is like, come on. But yeah, the, yeah I, I think, mean, I, I get it. The most interesting thing about this question to me is the fact that had Anakin just been cool, man, and and stayed the light side path, Padme wouldn't have died. Him turning right. to the dark side. That is, you know, for all the prequels catch, for all the shit the prequels catch, there are some really well done story bits. Like, I think Palpatine's plan through... Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith is pretty genius on how he brings down the Republic and blames it all on the Jedi and has Sheevy baby, you know, and Sheevy. and implants his own personal army that all have programming chips in their head that make them go berserk and kill all the Jedi. I think that's really good. I think the Anakin Padme stuff in Revenge of the Sith is good. Where and like I'm saying, you know, he's he's basically manipulated to thinking that he has to turn to the dark side to save her when all he really had to do was just stay strong, kill Sheev. Like in that moment when Sheev and Mace Windu are fighting, had Anakin killed Sheev then, the Jedi, he would have proven himself the chosen one. 
it's the, like I don't I don't think he they could have killed Sheev laying there like he's playing possum. I've said that before. Right. Uh, well, he was, he, I don't know that, that Mace Windu could have, but I think Anakin could have. I think Anakin, Anakin being the chosen Anakin, one, that's his destiny. If Anakin had chosen to fulfill his destiny at that moment, I think he would have. He could have killed. That right Sheev. there, Will. Mine and your discussion just got stopped right there. I'm going to go back to the last time that I was on here. If Anakin would have switched to the light side right then, that would have been the only way anybody could have stopped Sheev. Because he would have been 100% pure power. He would not have any augmentation, so the electricity couldn't have messed with him, right? He would have been... He, he is the chosen one. I mean... He had not yet uh, fallen. As, he had not yet fallen, so all the energy that would have been expelled would have been ahead against Sheev. Right. So that, and I've always said, you know, if if you know if he could have done that, that would have been the one person because I mean it's the it's the destiny. So uh, yeah, that is the, that's the end of our discussion right there. But nobody nobody messes with Sheev. You already know that. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he turned back on that real quick. So, uh, next up, we have a voicemail from our buddy Richie from Boston. And I think I might be alone in this one because it's about Sabine from Rebels. And uh, I don't believe either of you guys are caught up on that, right? We're not. I'm not. Well, let's see what he has to say. My Blue Harvest brothers. Hey, this is Richie. I wanted to talk really quick about a couple of things that I noticed this weekend. I decided to go back to the... Maul and Mandalore arc of the Clone Wars right before I watched the most recent episode of Rebels and one of the things I noticed kind of unrelated to the subsequent story but what I think is a pretty serious retcon that may or may not be picked up by people and that's the fact that Palpatine when he went and fought Maul and and the other goofball there um, used two lightsabers and I'm wondering if that has anything to do with Revenge of the Sith, because if I remember Revenge of the Sith correctly, and of course I've seen it a thousand times, uh, it's, it's, it's actually my favorite Star Wars movie, um, but if I remember Revenge of the Sith correctly, he lost his, Palpy lost his lightsaber at that, in that Mace Windu fight, right? So, I think, I think the saber went out the gigantic window. And then, all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, Palpy's got another lightsaber that he's fighting with Yoda. So I'm wondering if, A, anybody picked that up, and maybe I'm just fucking behind the times and, and not not as serious into the fandom as others are, or if, B, perhaps George knew that that was a kind of a fuck-up and slipped it in as a retcon during the Clone Wars to say, oh yeah, hey, guess what? Palpy's got two lightsabers. Um, the other thing that I picked up on was at the end of the of that Rebels episode with Sabine when they left her on the planet. And I've got some questions about that. Maybe you guys can spur into a little discussion. One is, what, what does that set up? Do you think... They're not just going to leave that character there. There's no way. Um, and, and then just forget all about her and, and her arc is done. Um, are they setting up another arc 
during Rebels? Are they setting up a fourth season of Rebels? Um, perhaps this is a way out for several characters, or maybe it's just a way out for Sabine. Um, are they setting up another TV series? Maybe that's what fucking Filoni was work has been working on. Or are they setting up Sabine as a future character to do other things further on down the line? I noticed... It's, of course, there's a lot of bullshit going on in the Twitter feed, but I noticed there was some sort of mashup with Laura Dern's photo next to a photo of Sabine. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. All right, guys, that's all I got this week. So uh, don't let your meatloaf. Take care, guys. Don't let your meatloaf. I like that. So uh, first off, he does have a good point. And it's crazy that we were just talking about this scene. It's crazy how that works out sometimes. But Palpatine it, does indeed lose a saber out the window in the fight he, with uh, Mace That's Windu. what I was going to ask. Does he lose it out the window or does he lose it back into the office? I think it goes out the window when he gets knocked down. Now, this is the thing. In one of the source books for Revenge of the Sith, I believe it's maybe the Visual Dictionary, they have two sabers for Palpatine in there. So... Okay. They, they're not wildly different. There are some subtle differences in the hilts. And in the, I want to say the novelization for Revenge of the Sith, it kind of mentions that he's got like a couple of sabers basically hidden around his office. Like there's one, like that one sort of comes out of his, his sleeve in the fight with the Jedi in his office. But yeah. I think they mentioned that he's got one like in a, hidden in a statue in there too. Um. And I think maybe the scene in Clone Wars he's talking about where Sidious uses two uh, sabers is reference to that, that he has multiple sabers. Um, and I think he in Revenge of the Sith, he loses one in the fight with um, Mace Windu. And then I think he has the other one for when he fights Yoda. And in my opinion, even if he doesn't, he's strong enough in the dark side to fetch it from wherever it fell. Or or maybe send like his like he's uh, I'm sure he sent you know some clone troopers to try and find Mace Windu's body maybe he sent some of them to retrieve that for him or something right at the very least um interesting enough Goose has been way into what's that what's the name of that Star Wars mobile game you're way into right now Goose the one I used to play Galaxy of Heroes when you get Sidious in that game he fights with two lightsabers um, yes there is there's there's, there's two, a version uh yeah there's the the version and that's what i was going to bring up uh <coughs> obviously before that came out i've been playing i mean you were playing this what last year sometime well way into last year maybe the year before uh because I, I started playing this uh pretty good into last year i've been playing it for a little bit and palpatine in this one in in that little mobile game has two lightsabers right um, and, and yes, y'all are correct. He does lose it during the fight out the window against Mace Windu. Um, he, the fact that they switch lightsabers because Anakin has a different <coughs> color other than red in the Phantom Menace or not, not, excuse me, not in the Phantom Menace, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Well, I mean, that's because... And then, 
And then he changes, and then he miraculously just, what, does he go get a new kyber crystal and just stick it in his old hilt? No. Or, buddy, he uses a, li a blue lightsaber through all of Revenge of the Sith. In the duel against Obi-Wan on Mustafar, he's got his blue lightsaber that Obi-Wan gives to Luke and then Rey uses. Because remember that he, he fucking shish kebabs um, Anakin at the end of the fight and then he takes the saber off the ground right before he does the, Anakin, I loved you. You were my brother. And then Anakin's like, all right, you! I thought he had a red one. No, no, it's a blue one. Well, maybe colorblind or drunk when I watch him. It's good. It's a little bit of both, maybe. So he doesn't get the red saber until he's he's you know Vader in the suit, Vader. So yeah, maybe, sure. <laughs> um. Uh. So you know, that could be one thing that maybe while they were making the movie, they were like, "Oh, that's kind of a screw up. We should add a second saber into the visual dictionary." But I honestly think it was something that was sort of planned out. And then that's why we saw him with two sabers in Clone Wars is because George and Dave Filoni were talking and George was like, well, you know, he's got two. And Dave Filoni was like, well, oh, yeah, there's right. a lot, a lot of characters that fight with like the like or not a lot, but there's more than one character that fights with the dual saber or the staff saber, uh, a.k.a. Darth Maul. Right, right. The double bladed lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, there. Ahsoka fights with dual sabers. Right, uh, right. Uh, uh, Savage, Opress, uh, Darth Maul's brother fights with the the staff lightsaber. Uh, and then you got, uh, obviously, General Grievous. He fights with, what, four sabers? Yeah. So, I mean, there there's a multitude of different avenues that you can take with that. Like, they just, different fighting styles. And like y'all have mentioned in the past, there's a bunch of different fighting styles maybe they know the ones that you can use two of them with i mean there's right, a, right there's for a, sure there's a there's a sword fighting style for two swords two uh two short swords right that's that's the one i know that's the one i do here around the house fighting fucking you know with spiders with one short sword oh no. oh that's low I'm about to be I'm about to be the uncle to your firstborn, Goose. That's low. How are you gonna I tear can, me down I can, like that? I can go as low as I want, and you're still gonna be the uncle of my firstborn. Game I guess on. that's true. Well, next up, <laughs> we've got an email from our very Swedish, you, very not a catfish, Buddy Oliver. Hey guys. Oh, I was asking about him. Yeah. Hey guys, your Swedish Buddy Oliver here. So the first Han Solo cast photo was released this week, and I'm getting really excited for this movie. A lot of people seem to be worried about the Han Solo movie, and it doesn't seem and don't seem to be that interested in a Han Solo movie at all. I'm the complete opposite. So far, I'm 100% confident in the casting and the direction the movie seems to be taking so far. I was convinced that it was going to change its release date from May 2018 to December, but now I'm not that sure anymore. Do you guys think that they are going to push the release date to December? Also, so I'm sure you have discussed this on the show before, but I was wondering, what's your least favorite and favorite special edition changes? I was born in 2000, so you might think that I grew up with the special editions, but I actually owned and watched the original cuts on VHS and still do to this day. I prefer the special editions, though, and I think the video quality improvements definitely helps keep them up to today's technology and get new fans into the fandom. 
Fuck that Jabba's Palace band, though. I hate that. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys, and thanks for doing the podcast. Your buddy, Oliver. So, um, first off, that is something I forgot to mention in the Han Solo cast photo. Uh, in the press release, they still have it listed for like May 28th, 2018 for the Han Solo movie, which is only like, you know, five months, six months after the last Jedi. So, you know, everybody was sort of uh, speculating that Han Solo was going to get moved back to December. And there's still a pretty high chance that it could once it gets closer to the release. But, uh, I don't know, man, Uh, are we going to get a star Wars movie two star Wars movie that close together? It's already a little weird getting one every year. I love it. I love only having to wait a year. But is that going to be almost too much to get them that close together? I don't think so. I think it'll maintain that time frame just because it's Disney. And I think that's how often they may want to release a Star Wars film from now on. And I think if they had wanted to push it back, they would have done it way before now. It also makes me wonder if... Well, you know, not necessarily. Considering that movie is still, you know, a couple years out not really even a couple years out at this point. I did, I think it was around, you know, that time that they moved Rogue One back to December. Right. So, or not Rogue One, it was uh, Episode 8 that they moved back. They moved Episode 8 back not too, too long after The Force Awakens came out. So there's still pl- time. It could be that um, there's something that they don't want to compete with. I don't know... And honestly, nor do I care that much if um, if they do um, if Avatar two is supposed to come out that December, and maybe they don't want to compete with that. I don't know for sure if that would even be right. it, or if that's even on schedule to happen. They haven't even started shooting those movies, so I doubt that's going to make the twenty eighteen release date. The other thing you have to keep in mind is. Is that going to mean a little bit longer wait in between episode 8 and episode 9? Um, or actually, would it be shorter? Because if episode 9 uh, comes out in a year from... Hmm. Okay, so episode 8 is this December 2017. And then supposedly, maybe, Han Solo comes out in May. And then... So we could either have... May of 2019 be episode 9 or December of 2019 be episode 9. Oh, that's a tough one. The other thing you got to think about is that's not that far from Avengers Infinity War. Because that comes out in like June of 2018. So, hmm. I say they're going to push it. You think so? I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm going to say they're going to push it. Uh for press time and and all the stuff that maybe we don't know about, they had to say something. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. So here's the thing. Uh, why don't we Everybody start? Everybody wants to know something. Yeah, why don't you start, Will, with your favorite and least favorite special edition changes? Favorite special edition changes are the cleaned up space battles and the Death Star explosions at the end of... New Hope and Return of the Jedi. With like the shockwave or whatever those the are called. The shockwave and then the space battles just are better. 
yeah. you know, than they were in the originals. Um, least favorite, uh, obviously, um, a Han shot first and the the Return of the Jedi music video. Yeah, I think that is pretty widely derided. I keep, uh, I get the feeling. Uh, what about you, Goose? Least favorite and most favorite special edition change. I'm gonna start out with the least favorite. Um, least favorite is changing uh, Anakin Skywalker uh, young to old. I mean, I guess out of the suit, complete man, he's still gonna be Anakin, maybe. Right. Uh, old man, old man Anakin. Um, y'all spoke on this last, uh, well, maybe last week, week before, about if you could come back in a Force Ghost, what would you come back as? Uh, his his best form, Darth Vader's best form, would be when he saved his son's life against the ultimate evil in the in the galaxy, and and what he looked like without the suit would be his ultimate form. That's I mean that's what that's how he saved his son yeah i just don't know necessarily that it's supposed to be like their ultimate form well i mean not to not to ultimate form but like you know the the ultimate perception of themselves right that they did that they did the most good because obviously he did not do the most good when he was uh young hayden christensen he was kind of a whiny little guy and then he killed a bunch of little kids so Okay. And what's your favorite? Uh, favorite, uh, I'm going to have to go with Will and Oliver. Like, the special effects, uh, so dope. Like, they they anted up on that. Looked really, really good. Uh, I mean, I mean the what I originally saw was, you know, old VHS. So, right. obviously, it's going to be anted up a, a good bit <clears throat> for uh, the DVDs and stuff that I have now. So, uh, so... My least favorite would be, honestly, I'm going to have to go with the fucking Return of the Jedi, Jedi Rocks. I just don't like it. I just don't dig it. And uh, my most favorite would be any of the changes they do that sort of make it seem more alive, like changing the backgrounds and the stuff you see out the windows on Cloud City and Empire. Yeah. Um, The Millennium Falcon's entire approach to cloud city in yeah. empire uh the more busy moss Eisley space cantina agreed uh i like all that stuff of course the space battles being fixed up i like seeing the wampa in empire strikes back now because yeah. you never really it's got also to see enrichment like all the enrichment stuff um yeah the enrichment stuff that's the stuff i really dig i really dig that and you know getting rid of matte windows around tie fighters and and all that good fixing stuff. fixing the fudge under the land speeder yeah and, yeah oh, yeah all right next up we have our good buddy Re- to me he's royalty the king of all toms king tom halls and will i have an empire's end question but i'm gonna save it for next week so i'll keep it simple for this week why the fuck aren't they doing more with the Bindu on Rebels? Okay, so to uh, adequately address this, I might have to do a little explaining to Will and Goose here. The Bindu... I'm, go ahead, I was going to say, yeah, I, the Bindu's the, like, the neutral creature, right? Yeah, the Bindu is... 
basically this giant creature that sort of disguises himself as a giant boulder, basically. And uh, he uh, currently resides on the planet where, like, um, the rebels like Sabine and all them have their current base. And he explains to Kanan that he is neither the light side, the dark side. He's not a Jedi, a Sith. He's the one in the middle. So he is, you know, something other than that. Very clearly, he's connected to the Force. He has some Force um, powers and things like that. So definitely underutilized in the sort of story of season three of rebels really the most important thing he's done has been sort of like a guide to them like they have a question they go see him he tells him what to do and then he's gone it feels like they could really dig into that character and explain him a little more and really increase the mythology of the force and the light side and the dark side um and they unfortunately haven't really done that I don't know why they haven't. I don't know. Really, when it comes to some of the Rebels stuff, I just don't know, to be honest, why they I, do. I feel like the more you use him and show him, the more you have to explain and the more you have to pin him, pin it down. Like you said, the more you have to, the more you could explain the Force and all that kind of stuff. But I think they want to save that for canon, like the movies, instead of having to nail down what you know the rules of the force in rebels yeah that could be very well what it is it's just something that i hope doesn't get swept under the rug and they don't really address anymore because it is a cool concept and you know there's this whole thing online about gray jedi oh if i was a jedi i'd be a, a gray jedi and gray jedi is a term that i am not a huge fan of because you can like you can be the the bindu are in the middle but you can't be a jedi and not be light side you see what i'm saying or dark yeah. side there's dark jedi there's light jedi and then there's sith that's why i'm not a huge fan now you could be like ahsoka doesn't consider herself a jedi anymore so whatever she is is in concept sort of like a great jedi Whatever the Bindu yeah. is in concept is kind of like the Grey Jedi because he's not Jedi or Sith. It's not the concept I don't like. It's the term, I guess is what I should say. Grey Jedi, just the term kind of... I'm like, ah, it sounds a little fan fiction-y. I'm a Grey Jedi. It's a mix of light and dark. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a play on the concept and not so much the term. And uh, we're going to have to... Uh, We'll be right back. It seems like we're having some technical difficulties again. Tonight has been... It's like keeping the fucking Millennium Falcon going in Empire Strikes Back. So give me just a second, guys. I'll try to straighten this out and see if we can't get Will and Goose's call quality working a little better. All right, we're back. And unfortunately, we're one man. We had to leave a man behind. Our buddy Goose couldn't finish out the show. As Goose put it himself... Oh man, I got the doo-doo internet, so it's probably my problem, y'all. So apparently the uh the guinea pig that turns the wheel in his modem died. Right. He wanted to uh let everybody know that uh he enjoyed being on the show. Uh he enjoys interacting with you guys on Twitter when he remembers to get on there. 
He uh, he wants Richie from Boston to find a way to get to Mississippi so they can go out drinking at bars together so Goose can listen to his Boston accent. And uh, he said he wishes all our moisture farmers the best. But Will and I, as much as we don't want to, we're going to trot on ahead and try to finish out this show for you guys. Sorry there's been so many technical difficulties. It's been a... It's been a rough week in the uh, the world of Blue Harvest. I'm a little stressed out about this one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no. we'll, we'll pull through. So uh, next up, we are about to add another Jedi to our celebrity guest appearances. We've heard from the Jedi cockhead himself, Kia D. We've heard from his strangely whitely Caribbean friend, Kit Fisto. And now we get to add... Soars Bandim to the list. Do you know who that is, Will? I can't say that I do. Soars Bandim is that poor little bastard that's like, Master Anakin, what do we do? And then Anakin's like, Vroom, I'm going to kill some kids. Crazy how the emails have lined up this week with that. The the kid killing. I, I It's kind of dark. So now we get to hear from the main victim of fucking anakin's lord child child murdering ways so uh he has a few things he'd like us to know and uh he called in so let me play that for you guys hello this is source bandy and contrary to popular belief i am not dead now many of you may know me from the jedi temple purge but others now believe that I am one Supreme Leader Snoke. Now I'm here to tell you that that is not true. And no matter who you are or where you're from, they ain't gonna change the fact that I ain't no Snoke. So if you've got a problem with that, you can come find me. But you'll have to join the back of a very long queue. Now, before I forget, I hear you Blue Harvest boys have been in contact with one Kia D. Mundy and Kit Fisto. Now you tell them boys that I'm coming for them and there ain't no hiding no more because one way or another, Saw's Bandim is having his revenge. You got that? Good. Now on your way, you bunch of mugs. I like Soar's Bandine quite <laughs> a lot. Sounds like he's uh, spent some time on the seedier London parts of Coruscant. Yeah, I didn't realize that he is uh, like a like a pissed off cock. Well, you know what? After a trusted Jedi Master like Anakin Skywalker fucks up your day, I would be a little sour too. But man, yeah, we don't really know what he looks like. Like he and- may be... Missing a limb or two. Yeah. Have you ever seen people saying that they think that kid is Supreme Leader Snoke? I, I've read across it and dismissed it just as quickly. Some of them are so bad that I think, like, some of them clearly have to be people just trolling on Facebook and stuff where they're uh, like... It has to be. Has and to let be. me tell you, if you legitimately, and I don't, I don't try to say these things to our good listeners, but if you're out there in your car or, or, or at the gym or wherever you listen to us and you're thinking... I don't know. I think that little kid could be wrong. Snoke. Let me tell you something. 
your Snoke theory sucks. Boom. Hashtag follow the money. Make all the little whiny ass blog posts you want. Finish what you started. Whatever. You're pathetic. Stop whining about something that's supposed to be funny. It's not supposed to be mean. Your Snoke theory fucking sucks. Be a little more fucking realistic with what you're coming here. Guys, at this point, we should all be pretty sure that Snoke, guess what, is fucking Snoke. He's not Sors Bandim. He's not Mace Windu. He's not Ezra or Kanan. He's not my left nut resurrected from the trash can when I got one of my nuts taken out. Right. I've got both my nuts, by the way. So. <laughs> Pixar, it didn't happen. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, th- I kind of thought you'd know from when they were in your mouth last time. Well, I figured something hey, happened hey, in between hey, now and then. Hey yo. Hey yo. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sticker gate. So fucking silly. So fucking silly. One just just grow up and get on your little message boards and talk about how you think Snoke is Mace Windu and let everybody else have a good time and have a fucking joke. For Christ's sakes. Cripes! All right, we got one last email from our good buddy, Avadar Nick. And this is what he has to say. Hey, guys. So, my latest WordPress blog. Wait a second. Did Nick write that Your Snoke Series Theory Doesn't Suck blog? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'm just joking. My, my latest WordPress blog I've put the most time into out of all of them and quite proud of it. Hoping y'all read it because you're my buddies, right? Y'all read it, didn't you? If not, at, l- at least thanks for the retweets. My blog post covers the horse beaten to death in Star Wars of who Ray is. And as I've stated, I've put a lot of time into it, refining it, editing it, rewriting it, as my opinion changed a couple of times throughout the write. Wondering if my use of the term baby mama belonged in Star Wars blog. But I digress. Hoping y'all at least skimmed it, and if not, it shouldn't hurt my question. That is, after all the time and different outlooks on who is Rey, where do y'all stand at the moment going into the lead up to The Last Jedi of who Rey is and where she comes from? Has it changed over time? Is it the same it was after your first TFA viewing? Did anything sway you one way or another? I'm looking forward to hearing y'all's take and hope my question isn't too much of the same old, same old. Keep doing what y'all do and being the best at it, your boy of Vader Nick. So Vader Nick's just diving right in. Well, Will, give me your uh, Ray thing. I'm going to look up the URL for Vader Nick's blog so I can plug that for him. So people I, uh, can go check it honestly, out. Honestly, I just think, I think it's still Luke's, Luke Skywalker. <coughs> if it's not, that means that Kylo Ren has got to live. And so, you know, for the story of the Skywalkers to carry on, that would mean Kylo Ren can't die. Like, but if it's not Luke Skywalker, which it's kind, I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that it's not gonna be. It's gotta be either Obi Wan, which I don't believe because he's of the old order, or Qui Gon Jinn or something like that. I mean, if it's not Luke, Qui Gon Jinn's my next bet. But that seems so obscure. Like, that just seems like such a throwback. It seems out of place. Like, I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I still think is loot, but if it's not, I'll be... At this point, I don't know so hard that I've stopped guessing. You know, I've stopped trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of at that point. I'm telling you, as I left the theater for The Force Awakens, I told everybody that was around me, yo, that's Luke's daughter. That's what that is. That's Luke's daughter. And I'm yeah. going to tell you, I haven't really changed from that. That's pretty much what I, I think. But then I, I read all this stuff and I hear all this stuff and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe she's nobody's daughter and she's the beginning of a new legacy. Regardless of whether Kylo Ren lives through this trilogy and can possibly continue on into another trilogy, I still think the main legacy character that carries on the story will be Rey after this. I believe so too, even if she's not a Skywalker. But I believe that for the you know for the story of the Skywalkers to carry on, if it's not Ray, I mean, and we don't have to continue the saga with Skywalkers, but I don't if know. Ray's not one. Kylo Ren's your only bet. I am so fond of the the Skywalker lineage and the idea of it that I really and want. I, see, it I to can't continue. see that they would do that. Me neither. You know, just the term Skywalker is so synonymous with Star Wars, but. You know, do you want to get to possibly episode, you know, 12 or 15 or something crazy and still be con- continuing on the Skywalker lineage? I mean, I could handle that. That's I like could a, too. I honestly. Lineage, but, yeah. At, f- at first, when I think about it, like, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. But then you got to think, like, do they want to mix it up? Do they want to bring in new families? Mixing it up or, is great. It can go a different line. It can go a different way. And that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. But this trilogy is not the one to George R.R. R. Martin, the Skywalker line. And and totally, and yeah. That's that's the thing. If Rey isn't a Skywalker, I agree with you that where Kylo Ren has to carry on. And then it almost makes me think that Kylo Ren and Rey have to become a thing so their kid, so they can have a kid that would still be considered part of the Skywalker lineage. I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I'm not. I do not want those two to end up together. Me and neither. I know every fangirl in the universe disagrees, but... Well, I don't I know do about not. everyone. There's definitely... They call themselves Raylos. That's like... When yeah, when I we know. were into to, um, um, Lost, there was like uh, Jates, which were people that wanted Jack and Kate to be together. And then there was... Uh, I think they called themselves... Sates, mate, or uh, I can't remember what they called them if you wanted uh, Kate and Sawyer to be together. So I just, I am not a huge fan of that idea because nothing about the Kylo Ren and Rey interactions in The Force Awakens comes off as anything but sort of creepy to me. Creepy and intrusive. Like and he intrusive. Is probing her mind. And you like, know, that is like. No I no, bro. Like while I do think you can re- redeem Kylo, and because Star Wars at the end of the day is a story of redemption, I do think you can redeem Kylo. I don't know that you can redeem Kylo in a way where he survives, and at least personally, I'm cool with it. Where I'm like, oh, okay, well, he made it good and he got to survive. Like, I mean, Kylo could sigh on a Skywalker with someone that's not Rey. That is that true. Would be- very dark side and then ray could be that kid's master jedi master that's very true um 
you know, I guess there's no saying, you know, Kylo's in his 30s. Who's to say Kylo? I mean, you would think that it would be mentioned, but I guess they could always rent a right that Kylo's already got a kid out there somewhere. You know, maybe he was sowing his galactic oats and he didn't know about it. Who knows? Just personally, I want Rey to be a Skywalker is my entire enjoyment of this trilogy. The sequel trilogy going forward hinged on that. It's not. You know, on one hand, I also want to be surprised by it. So I almost feel like, this is what I'll say. I would say that the way you set, they set up the Ray mystery <clears throat> in 7, doesn't it, just saying it almost seems like kind of a letdown to say she's not related to anybody we've met before. Right? And then unless you're going to get into crazy, your Snoke theory sucks territory, she's going to be related to a main character. So that means Luke. And with the stuff that's come out in canon and things that have been said, I don't even know that that's going to be the case. Like, they always make me doubt myself on that. Yeah. She could be Han and Leia's kid. That one, to me, is hard to justify. But then again, I'm not writing these movies. She could be a Kenobi. That one... It gets a little more out left in left field for me. Um, she could be a Kenobi. Obviously, she's not going to be Obi-Wan's granddaughter. She would have to be like granddaughter or something. Just yeah. given the age that Obi-Wan was when he died and stuff like that. She could be a Solo. I mean, I could handle that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, is the only way you make her a Solo is if Han and Leia thought she was dead. You know? Uh, because why wouldn't Han immediate like if if she if they knew she was alive but just didn't know where she was, like you would think Han or Leia would pick up on that, and you think that would be addressed in the Force Awakens. I and guess how old how old was she when Kylo turned like five? Um, no, because in Bloodline, which is like five or six years before the Force Awakens, Kylo hasn't turned yet. So, you know, Ray is 1920-ish yeah. or so. Still teenager. Um, so she would have been like a younger teenager. So it's hard to say, man. I don't Yeah. It's so confusing. But I looked it up. If you guys want to read our buddy Vader Nick's take on it, you should. And his uh blog is vadernick84.wordpress.com. And that's Vader Nick, the number 8484 dot wordpress.com so uh check it out and send them a tweet and let them know what you think um trust me it's not going to be one of these uh pouty fucking butthurt blog posts that we've uh been seeing lately so that's going to do it for us this week guys i am once again i'm so sorry about the technical difficulties we ran into but should happen sometimes right you know hear me baby hold together me yep. talking to the <clears throat> fucking podcast this evening um, precisely if you guys like our theme song you should support the band who is kind enough to donate the music they are stoned cobra and you can check them out on itunes on spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and uh that's gonna do it for this week thanks so much for uh recording with me buddy definitely thanks to goose yep. who was a trooper as well we really appreciate it 
Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week, hopefully, with, uh, you know, a few little less glitches and whatnot. But absolutely. until then, for Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>